to tell you that I was an astronaut Would you come with me on my rocket ship? Hi everyone, feels so good to be back on track here with podcast number 15. A lot has been happening as we end the summer and fall into fall. Auto Glass Week is behind us now. Sorry I could not attend this year due to unforeseen issues, but first I'd like to congratulate Jacques Navant of Don's Mobile Auto Glass in Modesto, California. Jacques was recognized with the well-deserved Carl F. Tompkins Award for his contributions and dedication to auto glass safety. Besides working for Don's Mobile Auto Glass, Jock is tech director for the Calibration Station, also in Modesto, the inventor and business owner of Frog It Out Tools, serves on the board of the AGSC, the Auto Glass Safety Council, and chairs the ADAS, or Advanced Drivers Assist Systems Committee. Woo! Jock was also a guest on this podcast back in May and continues to help Nicks and Quacks move into the calibration service part of the business. He also is a very cool, smart, and G-G-G. Great, genuine, good guy. Congrats, Jock. Auto Glass Week's competition winners were also announced placing first, second, and third in order. For the Autoglass Tech, or replacement, was James Chapman of Richardson Auto Services, Raul Placencia from Direct Quality Autoglass, Aaron Bradford of Driftwood Autoglass. For the repair awards, first was Mauricio Hernandez of Autoglass Tech, Bradley Adelot of Glass Monkey Chip Repair. In third was TJ Torado of Windshield Fitters. Grand Champions were Joni Nicely of Mills Auto Glass for customer service, while the Calibration Champion was Jace Gefkin of Transparency Auto Glass. Congrats to all the winners and participants in this year's Auto Glass competitions. Other news noteworthy in the Autoglass world. Robo Taxis in San Francisco, Tesla Charging Station Network, gas prices have gone up significantly, significantly, and the UAW, the Union Auto Workers strike affecting Ford, GM, and Stellantis. Plus, on a somber note, the passing of Tony Bennett, a Bay Area music icon. So, as we fall back, relax, Open the sunroof, moon if you prefer, take your foot off the gas, kick it, and hopefully enjoy the podcast. Uh, The tune played at the beginning of the podcast was written and recorded by my son, Nicodemides III, or as I call him, NRZ3. The track, Merry Anarchy, is on his album, This Might Be the End, available on Spotify, Apple Music, and other popular music platforms. Another note, a very special event kicks off tomorrow night in Reno, Nevada 
the Mary Anarchy 19 live music benefit for Lacey Rose Pitch to be held this weekend and the next at the Alturas and next weekend at the 40 Mile Saloon. A great event for a great cause. If you are going to Reno or live close by the next two weekends, please stop by and enjoy the entertainment and support Lacey Rose. The events are hosted by my son, Nick. See you there. Okay, instead of uh, reading pretty much off the newswire, I'm going to kind of wing it. I will only report what I've read or heard on recent media platforms, so bear with me as I dip in freeform what is newsworthy to this podcast related to Autoglass, car tech, and other stuff I'd like to report. My first one is robo-taxis in San Francisco or sex in the city. Earlier this spring, I attempted to get a ride on a San Francisco robo-taxi to report on the experience for this podcast, but was unsuccessful. At the time, the rides were free, but also were only available in the late night or early morning hours. I think there was also a limited number of robo-taxis on the street during the day. A lot has changed over the summer, and in early August, the CPUC, or the California Public Utilities Commission, granted approval for robo-taxi companies Waymo and Cruise to expand their operation 24-7 and to charge customers for the service. Soon after the decision, some reported incidents happened and blowback by the San Francisco Transit Chief, Fire Department, Labor Unions, First Responders, Cab, Uber, Lyft Drivers, the mayor of San Francisco, London Breed, plus some members of the San Francisco Board of Supervisors all had negative responses to the robo-taxi rollout. Some opposing activists staged a week of cone by placing orange cones on the hood, hoods of robo-taxis causing the vehicles to shut down on the street. The backlash made the DMV, or California Department of Motor Vehicles, cruise, they made Cruz cut its robo-taxi fleet in half while they investigate claimed incidents involving the driverless cars. Advocates or supporters of the driverless taxis, which of course include Waymo and Cruz, cite statistics and comparisons to human drivers and claim better metric performance. The other major cities in the Bay Area, Oakland and San Jose, have been watching what's going on in San Francisco with Oakland officials in a letter to the CPUSC saying the police have no authority to cite the robots for breaking traffic laws. A recent report from the San Francisco Standard wrote that people are having sex in the driverless cars, but no one is talking about that. The next story is the UAW strike against GM and Ford is expanding and Stellantis making progress. The United Auto Workers Union, the UAW, are expanding a strike against Ford and GM while Stellantis seems to be making some progress in negotiations according to CNN. Ford claims to have sustained negative financial impact 
in the tens of millions per day. More recent reports say Ford is close to a deal with the UAW on wages and benefits. The latest report also states Ford leadership wants their EV battery plants to be competitive with lower wage battery plants being built by its competition. Ford Blue President Kumar Kalhotra is quoted as saying, quote, it's a very good deal for the workers, unquote. Ford Blue makes the popular Bronco and the second plant that went on strike, strike produces the Explorer. CNN also reports that a source for the UAW questions the, quote, sides are close, unquote, to a deal saying major differences remain between Ford and the union on a retirement security, health care, and job security for workers who may lose their jobs during the transition to EVs or electric vehicles. Ford C CFO John Lawler defined benefit plans that may pay a guaranteed monthly benefit until the retiree dies as, quote, a plan of the past, unquote. Ford CEO Jim Farley said internal combustion engine manufactured vehicles will remain part of Ford's vehicle portfolio for the foreseeable future, but also plans to introduce EVs and ICE vehicles for those customers whom fully electric autos and trucks are not viable. The report goes on to say the Ford EV portion of its business is losing money while the Ford Blue division is highly profitable. For a graph on the CNN business page, Stellantis manufacturing plants have been affected more than GM and Ford. UAW President Sean Fain on a Facebook Live statement recently said, quote, To the public, we invite you to stand with us on the picket line if you support our cause. We know America has our back, unquote. President Joe Biden joined the striking auto workers recently that Fain said was a, quote, historic day, unquote. The most powerful man in the world showed up for one reason only, because our solidarity is the most powerful force in the world, unquote, Fain said. A ripple of the UAW strike is beginning to affect U.S. automakers' vast supply chain, according to CNBC. The report says while the larger tier one suppliers are likely to have resources to weather an extended work stoppage, the smaller suppliers could be hit hard by a prolonged strike and maybe even go out of business. Smaller businesses have only recently recovered from the COVID pandemic shock and resulting shortages of semiconductors. Chinese counterparts are still recovering from the COVID-related shutdowns and other logistical issues, according to Dennis Devani, a Detroit attorney who has represented both GM and Ford and was also a member of the NLRB, the National Labor Relations Board. My next story is regarding gas prices in California spike to an all-time high. California gasoline prices have gone up about 84 cents in one month, reports the San Diego Union-Tribune. The average is now over $6 per gallon in California. I've seen prices over $7 at some of the higher-end stations like Chevron and Shell here in the San Francisco Bay Area, California. 
Governor Gavin Newsom has recently instructed California regulators to speed the delivery of the winter blend to gas stations across the state to help consumers at the pump. Winter blend's gas is usually around 20 to 25 cents cheaper than the summer blend, say fuel analysts. The waiver put in place by the California Air Resources Board will lead to the decrease within a few days according to Patrick DeHaan, head of the Petroleum and Analysts at GasBuddy, a tech company that helps drivers find less expensive prices at the pump. Gas prices in San Diego hit $6.21 a gallon. Southern California stations typically make the switch to winter blend at the end of October, so this move should help. Quote, I'm hopeful by Halloween the prices could be 35 to 75 cents lower, unquote, Dehan said. Gas prices are around $2 plus more than other states in the U.S. Newsom has singled out oil companies and petroleum refineries of ripping off California customers. Newsom's critics say the high prices are due to the state's policies that hinder oil petroleum oil and petroleum development. For decades, no major oil refineries have been built and the number of them has fallen from 17 in 2015 to 13 as of last year. Last year, 59% of oil supply sources to the state's refineries came from foreign imports according to the California Energy Commission. Fuel analysts also blame the recent price hikes on maintenance issues at California refineries. According to a report by KCRA, an NBC Sacramento affiliate, the national average for gas across the USA, United States today is $3.83 per AAA, more than $2 less than the California average. One report from Way.com lists the price of premium gas at $4.03 and has been steady at that cost for over a month. Mississippi currently has the nation's cheapest prices at $3.29 for regular, and Matt Bogue, VP for Dutch Oil, was recently quoted as saying the gas prices there and neighboring states is due to the lower state taxes on fuel per gallon. Next story I got is regarding Tesla's auto battery charging network expanding. Hyundai and Kia are the latest companies along with luxury brand Genesis to join Tesla's EV charging network, CNN announced recently. The Tesla-style charging ports, or NACS, North America Charging Standard, will allow owners of those vehicles to switch over starting in the last quarter of next year, 2024. Ford, GM, Mercedes-Benz, Nissan, and Honda have already pledged to switch over to the Tesla charging ports earlier this year. In 2025, Hyundai will begin providing adapters to older Hyundai models that currently use the CCS combined charging system ports that will allow usage of the Tesla NACS plugs. According to Kelly Blue Book, Hyundai, Kia, and Genesis are the second best combined seller of EVs in the U.S. market to number one Tesla. EVgo and ChargePoint plus other 
EV charging companies have also indicated they will build chargers in addition to charging vehicles using the CCS standard that will work with NACS plugs without an adapter. Analysts have pointed out this move could allow Tesla to qualify for federal funds to support the blooming U.S. EV charging infrastructure. Current popular brands in the U.S. that support the CCS plugs include BMW, Mazda, Volkswagen, Audi, Chevy, and Chrysler, plus other European manufacturers. This latest move by Kia and Hyundai is a departure from the CCS network that is Tesla's major rival and could be a sign that Tesla, Tesla's NACS chargers will eventually dominate the EV world when it comes to powering the vehicles. On the flip side of this report, there was a YouTube video submitted in late August this year where a guy who goes by Shmi150 that called a EV trip from Monterey to LA, California a disaster. Shmi drove the EV quad battery powered pickup truck Rivian but failed in most attempts at charging the truck. He described the current EV charging infrastructure as independable, inconvenient, and inaccessible. He continued to say he was amazed more is not ready or being done by California as it attempts to lead the U.S. and the world by having a charging network ready by 2035. 2035 is the year California will not be selling any more internal combustion engine vehicles. Some of the problems he encountered when attempting to charge the Rivian were the charges were too slow, the screens were smashed, smashed and, th and therefore not working, were full and occupied or simply out of order. Tesla recently installed 10 chargers around the corner from where I live in a shopping center. However, I have yet to see any Teslas or other cars actively using the chargers. My thoughts are perhaps that Tesla owners are not aware of the chargers yet, or it could be the footprint of the stations are inconvenient or other non-electric cars are parked there. The longer these charging stations stay idle, the more they become prone to vandalism, non-operable, and a waste of space. So the question really is, where is California doing to become the leader in the future of EV driving here and throughout the world? Drivers who criticize the expansion and promotion of EVs may have a huge charge point when they claim, why buy an EV when you go on a long trip you will get stuck with no options except a tow truck. And now I'd like to talk about uh, Tony Bennett, who recently passed away. Beloved singer in Bay Area music icon Tony Bennett passed away this summer in late July. Bennett, Bennett's hometown is New York City but was adopted by San Francisco fans when he released his signature song I Left My Heart in San Francisco. One of the best-known vocalists of the American Standard Songbook, Tony was quoted as saying he was blessed to have a second hometown with many fans and tourists assuming he was from and lived in the Bay, Bay Area City. 
Tony was also fond of saying he wanted to create a strong catalog of recordings rather than a hit record. He had more than 70 albums and won 19 Grammy Awards in his long career. Unlike his friend and mentor, Frank Sinatra, Bennett interpreted a song rather than embody it. His public life lacked the high drama of Sinatra, and some said he was a tenor who sang like a baritone. Quote, I enjoy entertaining the audience and making them forget their problems, he was quoted as saying by the Associated Press in 2006. Quote, I think people are touched if they hear something that's sincere and honest and maybe has a little sense of humor. I just like to make people feel good when I perform, unquote. Tony studies com- studied commercial art in high school, but dropped out to help support his family. He got a job as a copy boy for the Associated Press and performed as a singing waiter. He also competed as an amateur vocalist in shows. He was an infantryman during World War II, served as a librarian for the Armed Forces Network after the war, and sang in the Army's big band in occupied Germany. Tony was one of the few performers who could easily transition from pop to jazz and in 2014 at age 88 cracked the Billboard 200 charts at number one for the Cheek to Cheek album with Lady Gaga. Then it also featured more contemporary singers such as Amy Winehouse and Carrie Underwood in duets. But Tony's most recognized and claimed to fame song was I Left My Heart in San Francisco. In an interview in 2019, he told the Bay Area News Group the sheet music for the tune was discovered in a drawer by his music manager. The song was the B-side of a single, not expecting to get much notice. While playing a small club in Hot Springs, Arkansas, he thought the song would go well when they played the Fairmont Hotel in San Francisco, so he began rehearsing it. The rest, as they say, is history. Tony was 96 years young and is survived by his wife, Susan, daughters, Joanna and Antonia, sons, Danny and Day, and nine grandchildren. Goodbye, Tony. God bless you. Rest in peace. Okay, that wraps up another episode of Nixon Quacks podcast number 15. Thanks for listening. If you live in Reno or if you plan to go there from the Bay Area or anywhere, you're in Reno uh, tomorrow night, October October 6th is the opening day for Marianne Arkey 19. We'll be at the Alturas Bar. And then the following weekend is going to be at the 40 Mile Saloon. So please, attend if you can for a great cause. Have some fun, some great music. I'll see you there. So until next time, 
Take care of your windshield and adios muchachos.